Chapter 5 of Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frank Merriwell at Yale, or Freshman Against Freshman, by Bert L. Standish. Chapter 5. The Finish. Diamond's recovery and the manner in which he resumed the fight caused general astonishment. Even Bruce Browning had come to think that the Virginian was out. Frank was taken by surprise. Before he could square away to meet his foe, Diamond struck him a terrific blow near the temple, knocking him into Rattleton's arms. Foul, cried Harry excitedly. Horner hadn't given the word. Foul, foul, came from all sides. There is no foul in this fight, save when something is used besides fists, declared Merriwell as he staggered from his roommate's arms. It's all right, and it goes. But he found that everything seemed swimming around him, and dark spots were pursuing each other before his eyes. The floor seemed to heave like the deck of a ship at sea. He put out his hand to grasp something, and then he was struck again. Once more Rattleton's arms kept Frank from going down. This is no square deal, Harry shouted. By the holy hoker, I mean the holy poker. I'll take a hand in this myself. He would have released Merriwell and jumped into the ring, but Frank's strong fingers closed on his arm. Steady, old man, came sharply from Merriwell's lips. I am in this yet a while. If Diamond finishes me, he is to be let alone. The fellow that lays a hand on him is no friend of mine. You give me cramps, groaned Harry. Instead of aiding and finishing Frank, Diamond's second blow seemed to straighten him up, as if it had cleared a fog from his brain. The spots disappeared before his eyes, and things ceased to swim around him. Into the ring to meet his foe sprang Frank, and to the astonishment of everybody he still smiled. At the same time, Merriwell knew he had toyed with Diamond too long. He realized that the Virginian's first blow had come within a hair of knocking him out, and he could still hear a faint ringing and roaring in his head. Frank saw that the only way he could end the fight was to finish his unrelenting and persistent foe. Diamond fought like an infuriated tiger. Again and again Frank's fist cracked on his face, and still he did not falter, but continued to stand up and take his medicine. In less than a minute the Virginian was bleeding at the nose, and had received a blow in one of his eyes that was causing it to swell in a way that threatened to close it entirely. The spectators were greatly excited, and not a few of them declared it was the most gamey fight they had ever witnessed. The front of Diamond's shirt was stained with blood, and he presented a sorry aspect. His chest was heaving, but his uninjured eye glared with unabated fury and determination. Will he never give up, muttered Harry Rattleton. He's a regular hog. The fellow doesn't know when he has enough. It was true southern grit. It was the unyielding southern spirit, the spirit that led the soldiers of the south to make one of the pluckiest struggles known in history. While the fellow's grit had won Frank's admiration, still Merriwell had learned that it would not do to let up. The only way out of the fight was to end it, and he set about trying to accomplish that with as little delay as possible. Once Diamond succeeded in getting in another blow, and it left a slight swelling over one of the other lad's eyes. But Merriwell did not seem to know that he had been hit. He soon cracked the Virginian upon the uninjured eye, and that began to swell. In a few minutes it seemed that Diamond must soon go blind. 
finish him old man finish him urged harry frank was looking for the chance but it was some time before he found it it came at last in his left hand landed on the jaw beneath diamond's ear over went the southerner and he lay like a log where he fell at a glance it was evident to all that he was knocked out the boys crowded around merriwell eager to congratulate him but he thrust them back saying it's the first time in my life i ever did a thing of which i am ashamed look at him i'm all right say exploded harry rattleton you make me sick didn't you have to do it i suppose so didn't he strike you foul twice he knows nothing of rules and we were fighting by no rules so there could be no foul oh no if he'd socked you with a brick you'd say it was all right i say you make me sick wait till he gets a good chance to do you and see how quick he will take it he's not to be blamed if he tries to get square oh go hokier said i mean soak your head i'll catch you some time when you are asleep and try to pound a little sense into you well take care of diamond ordered merriwell the last one i gave him was a beastly thump let the other fellows take care of him said harry we'll rub you down you need it got any towels mr horner guess we can find one or two cheerfully answered tad come on merriwell we'll fix you up frank followed them into the room where the captured freshman had been confined and there they found running water an old iron sink a tin wash basin and some towels the visitor was stripped and given a brisk and thorough rubbing and sponging by harry and tad bruce browning with his mask still over his face came loafing in and looked the stripped freshman over with a critical eye he inspected frank from all sides poked him with his fingers felt of his arms and legs surveyed the muscles of his back and chest and then stood off and took him all in one glance Huff, he grunted frank's delicate pink skin glowed and he looked a perfect apollo with a splendid head poised upon a white shapely neck never had he looked handsomer in all his life than he did at that moment stripped to the buff his brown hair frazzled his body glowing from the rubbing by jove cried tad horner who is sometimes called baby he's a jim hickey eh old man the interrogation was directed at browning humph grunted bruce and then with his hands in his pockets he loafed out of the room afterward it was reported that browning said the freshman was the finest put-up chap he had ever seen but he didn't want to give him the swelled head by telling him so by the time merriwell was well rubbed down one of the freshmen came in and reported that diamond had come around all right they're going to bring him in here and give him a rubbing said the freshman frank hastened to get into his clothes in order that diamond might have a chance rattleton had brushed the dirt and sawdust off those clothes so they looked pretty well and merriwell showed no traces of what he had passed through when he stepped out of the little room some of the boys were trying to induce diamond to be rubbed down but he objected declaring he was going directly to his room the blood had been washed from his face and one or two cuts had been patched up with court plaster but his eyes were nearly closed and he presented with a pitiful appearance frank hesitated a moment and then he stepped up to his foe saying in a manner most sincere old man i am sorry this affair took place i had the advantage because i have taken boxing lessons but you made a beautiful fight i hold no hard feelings let's call it quits and shake he held out his hand diamond's reply was to turn his back squarely on the proffered hand 
an additional flush rose to merriwell's cheeks and he dropped his hand by his side turning away without another word a few moments later diamond left the building accompanied by a single companion and that companion was not roland ditson ditson remained behind and he was among those who crowded about frank merriwell and offered congratulations i was diamond's second said rawl but i'm satisfied that the best man won he is no match for you merriwell i shouldn't have been his second only he urged me to do it i was glad to see you do him up he got hold of frank's hand and held on but received no friendly pressure in return when he said he was glad that merriwell did diamond up frank looked incredulous as for me said the victor i am sorry to have to do him up somewhere about the place rattleton had found an old floral decoration representing a harp he brought it forward and presented it to frank take it he said you'll need it pretty soon your wings must be sprouting already what is it asked frank why can't you see it's a harp it looks to me like a blasted liar said merriwell you'd better give it to ditson then everybody but ditson laughed End of chapter five